Hello there, welcome to the Roundoids podcast. My name is Tim Richards and this is big. This is a very, very, very big day because Harry Kane has joined Bayern Munich, all official, it's all happened, he's there, he's signed and I am very, very excited. This whole saga, this whole saga has been long-winded, it's been dramatic, it's been like emotional whiplash, every report seemed to contradict the one that came before it, but it's all over and I'm still shocked that this has happened. I'm, I'm amazed that this has happened. Despite how like long-winded this is, despite how long it took, despite everything, despite everything, I am amazed that this has gone through and I'm excited. I'm really, really excited about it. I was thinking about this before before I started, so I've wanted to record something about this for a while. I said last time that like I don't want to record anything that's just like, oh, this is the latest report, because it seemed to be that every day there was something new, like every day there was a new development of Bayern have offered this, Daniel Levy said no, Bayern have offered this, Daniel Levy said no. Even when everything was confirmed and, and David Ornstein said, Harry Kane going to Bayern, Tottenham have finally accepted his, uh, Tottenham have finally accepted the, the bid from Bayern. It's just up to Kane to deal with it. And then suddenly all of these reports were saying, well, Kane's actually kind of maybe thinking of staying at Spurs. I was livid. I was apoplectic with rage. It doesn't matter anymore because the only thing that we now know for certain is Harry Kane is a Bayern Munich player. And when, when I was thinking about this and thinking about what it was what it is that I wanted to say, I found myself thinking about Matis Delict. This is, in my opinion, it's it's a bigger transfer. I think this is a, a huge transfer, not just for Bayern, um, but this is just a just generally this is a big transfer. I think the the Matis Delict transfer last season, that really strikes me as a transfer that kind of, it took me a little while to really understand. Not because I was like, how does this guy fit into Bayern? It, it was like, it was very obvious how this guy fit into the Bayern squad. The reason why it took me a little while to, to understand it is because it was such a high profile name and it was all done, seemingly all done within a couple of days. I remember the first report was Bayern are in advanced stages to sign Matis de Ligt. And I was delighted because this is a guy, this is a guy that I've wanted at Bayern since that that like breakthrough season at Ajax when he was the captain and him and, and Frankie de Jong, these were the two guys and I thought, this is great. Like these, these are two guys that I really want to see. Like I think De Ligt in particular, that he could be, he could be a really great asset to Bayern. And then suddenly he was there. And I think the fact that it all happened so quickly, the way that it was all wrapped up and within a day he was on a plane to America, played in that friendly, came on at halftime, scored a goal, got booked, went off injured. It all just got wrapped up so quickly. And so it meant that every time that I watched him last season, I was watching him like, I can't believe this is our guy. Because it just seems like such a perfect transfer that really... It really only kind of happens in FIFA of like, oh yeah, you put him in that squad, great, sorted. But that's exactly how it, that's how it came about. It was just so simple. And so now with the Kane transfer, it's kind of a similar thing of, I'm going to be looking at this like, I can't believe that this is, that this is our guy. But just for a completely separate, for a separate thing, because Kane is a, a higher profile name. Like this is England's all-time top goal scorer. Uh, second top goal scorer in the Premier League history. 
he's England's captain, and so for him to leave to leave Spurs, you know, I think that was that's kind of been rumoured for for the last few years or so. But for him to leave England, specifically leave England to go to Bayern, that's big. I mentioned in my last episode about Declan Rice and how when when his when his name kind of started to get linked with Bayern, I thought this is really exciting because even if it isn't him going to Bayern, it's him going outside of the Premier League. Like this is an opportunity for a player who's approaching his prime years to leave England and to and to challenge himself. Kind of in like a similar way to to Jude Bellingham. I've realised the idea of like challenging yourself and going to Real Madrid. It, it, like it's not so much of a footballing challenge, but more in in as much as you know, they're almost guaranteed to to be competing for all of the trophies uh, available. But it's more the idea of putting himself into an unfamiliar situation. So I think like both Declan Rice and, and, and Jude Bellingham could have gone into just about any midfield in any top league that they wanted to. I, I completely understand why Declan Rice wanted to go to Arsenal. I think it's a really exciting project. So I, I understand why. I would have loved to have seen him at Bayern. I would have loved to have seen more players move elsewhere and, and go abroad because I think that is how European football becomes really exciting again rather than just having that monopoly of players in, in one league. So I, I completely understand it. But now seeing Kane do that, that's exciting because it kind of, you know, it opens up that avenue for other players to do the same. You know, this is the guy who went away to do... To, to like achieve big things in his career. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that. There, there are three questions that I, that I want to look at today. Is this a good transfer? So obviously it's a big transfer, but is it necessarily a good one? What does Bayern's attack look like now with Harry Kane? What do Bayern look like now and what does it mean for them going forward? So I'll tackle the first one. Is this a good transfer? I think it's maybe not as clear cut as, yes, this is objectively by every metric a good transfer. I think generally speaking, it is. I don't think many people will look at this and say this is a bad move for Bayern. I, I think like Kane is objectively one of the best centre forwards, not just now, but of his generation. So he's adaptable, he's hardworking, and he's the sort of striker that's going to allow the players around him to thrive. So he isn't the, well, I guess contrary to what Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher and Michael Owen have been saying, he's not somebody that is purely driven by individual glory. So there's this whole argument around why would he go to Bayern because he's got the Premier League goal scoring record that's got to mean more to him than anything. He's now a Bayern player so like I don't know you can read into that what you will. But I've been looking at Harry Kane and I keep coming back to two main Bayern strikers and that's Mario Mandzukic and Robert Lewandowski so Bayern's two last big name strikers and I looked at the way that both of them worked with players like like Iron Robin. So, Iron Robin, easily one of the best wingers in, again, of his generation, not just, not just at a particular time. I think he was a really, truly fantastic player. But he was very driven, and he was, he was a very selfish player. For better or worse, his determination to do what's best for him maybe held him back at times. So I think the way that, the way that he played with Mandzukic... Mandzukic was a guy who would drop deep, he'd help to defend, he would make that pass when somebody else was in a better position because he knew that's what counted. Like he, he wanted to win the games rather than be the man getting all the glory. 
I think Robert Lewandowski, for example, was somebody that was more driven by that individual glory. I'm not saying that one's better than the other. I, I know which one I prefer, but in terms of in terms of a player, I think Robert Lewandowski. It's it's kind of hard to argue that he isn't better than Mario Mandzukic. I think he's he's scored more goals. He's won more trophies. You know, it's 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 really kind of down to a personal preference. But the way that Lewandowski played with Robin, on paper, it's something that made a lot of sense. This is like one of the best centre forwards around and one of the best wingers. Surely they're going to work perfectly together. And that wasn't the case because, you know, when Lewandowski goes left, Robin wants to go left. When Lewandowski goes to the middle, Robin wants to go to the middle. They kind of, they took up, they took up the same space, not in terms of like actual positioning on the pitch, but they both wanted the same thing. And ultimately it meant that their partnership wasn't as prolific as it perhaps could be. Whereas someone like Mario Mandzukic, he kind of made that space for Robin because he knew, okay, if I can't do it here, he can let me do that for him. So I think Kane is likely to be kind of somewhere between between both of them. So in terms of like sporting wise, this is a really, really good move for the players like Leroy Sane, like Serge Gnabry, who you know, are the sort of players to go for goals specifically. I think Kingsley Coman, he's never really been the guy for the goals. He's always been more of like a facilitator. But I think this could be a really great move for him in particular. I'll, I'll talk more about how, how it looks for Bayern's attack uh, shortly. Um, but yeah, as a whole, in terms of price, this is probably the thing that's going to be the most contentious for, uh, I guess, for a lot of Bayern fans. Because if we look at it objectively... 100 million euros for a player who's now at the at the end of his contract or, or is, is approaching the, the last year of his contract. I can see why people would look at that as being uh, as being overpaying for him, especially considering he'll be coming in as the top earner. Like presume, I don't know what wages Kane's going to be on, but presumably this is going to be like he's going to be earning more than Neuer, uh, more than Muller. Um, I, I kind of reconciled this, like the idea of this fee like last week when there was all of this there's all of this talk of Daniel Levy wants 100 million buy and say how about 90 Daniel Levy says okay 110 million buy and say okay how about 91 and, and at one point I remember seeing like 140 written down somewhere I, I don't know how how legitimate that actually is but when when all of these numbers were were being thrown around and there was still no real movement part of me just kind of came to that conclusion of you know just pay it obviously like you need to set a hard limit to say okay we are not going to go beyond I I don't know I I think my my limit was like around like 115 to 120 and anything over that is you know there's a big question mark there but realistically my opinion was if the price is 100 or like 110 and you're offering 90 if you're coming in at 90 you might as well pay 100 because at that point the difference between 90 and 100 is so negligible I, I get if it's between if it's for like the difference between like 10 and 20 like it's the same amount of money but it, it like relative to that initial price if you're going to be paying 90 million you might as well be paying 100 million and I, I think the the fee I believe um, Plettenberg said that the fee is 100 plus 10 in performance bonuses. So I, I think like that's, I think the, the fee is kind of, 
you know, it is what it is. This is where football's go. Well, it's not even where football's going. This is where football is now. I think for a player of his caliber, who is all but guaranteed to be a big success at Bayern, I think a hundred million. It's ridiculous to say, but that sounds about right. In addition to that, though, there's there's a lot of other factors at play. Like the fir- the first one is like the optics on this situation. If it didn't go through, if the transfer didn't go through, and Harry Kane stays at Tottenham and then leaves next year to another team. That's horrendous. From a PR perspective and from uh, from like an attraction perspective for other players, like getting getting other players in, that then becomes not a great thing to, to have to deal with. You've been obsessed with this guy all summer and he's not even joining you, despite the fact that there are all of these reports to say that he wanted to. If that didn't go through, that's a huge problem. But then, so like that, that's like the negative, that's like the negative side of it not going through. But just in terms of like the player that Harry Kane is, because it's not just he's a very good footballer, he scores a lot of goals. He's England's captain. He's the top goal scorer for the national team. He's the second highest goal scorer in Premier League history, which is a record that he could still very well break. I don't know how long he's likely or like he's planning to stay at Bayern. I can't imagine him retiring here. Like the way that I see it going is that he'll be at Bayern for like three, maybe four years, go back to England, potentially go back to Spurs. And all he needs is like two or three like okay-ish seasons by his standards, and he'll get that record. Like that that's completely fine. But he is all of these things, and he is one of the poster boys for the Premier League and for English football. And now he's at Bayern in Germany playing in the Bundesliga like that that's incredible to me like in terms of what that transfer represents away from the fee away from the goals away from like the the lack of trophies that he's got before just what that player represents to English football to now be doing what he does in Germany that's fantastic that is a huge huge get I know it's going to sound ridiculous me saying like, oh, it's not just good for Bayern. It isn't just good for Bayern. This is really, really good for German football as a whole, because this is the sort of move, much in the same way that a Declan Rice transfer would have done. This is the sort of move that's going to attract other people to the league. And that's what like that's what this is all about. Like you want people watching this football because the Bundesliga has got such a it's got a reputation for being such a poor standard when realistically a lot of people just don't watch it because they think it's got a poor standard there have been some amazing football matches over the past well for as long as I've been watching and so now that you have that really really high profile name in Harry Kane at Bayern in the very center of it all that's quality that is that is so good and another thing that he's bringing is the fact that it is going to be like a virtual guarantee for success so he's not the one season wonder that people were talking about for well, several years. So he is alarmingly consistent and there aren't many strikers around that you can guarantee at least 20 goals a season without needing a season or two to settle in. So I think what we saw last year with uh, with like with Mane, with Gnabry, uh, with Chupamoteng, there's no, there wasn't really like a set goal scorer. I'll, I'll talk about this uh I'll talk about this next, but now that Bayern have that guy, that kind of ticks that box that was missing last year, or ticks one of those boxes. Again, I'll I'll talk more about this shortly. 
But Bayern needed that sizable investment somewhere on the pitch. Because if they're struggling to keep goals out, if they're conceding, if the midfield isn't good, the way that you have to negate that is by having a player to score more than the opposition. And Harry Kane is that guy. So I think in terms of whether or not this is a good transfer, financially, you can make your own decision. I think a lot of people would rather see transfers kind of max out at about 50 million and everything above that is like out of the ordinary. But now 50 million seems to be like quite an average price for players. I think in terms of the financials, you can decide what you want. In terms of what this transfer means and what it represents, it's only a good thing. And I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. So the next question is, what does Bayern's attack look like now, now that Kane is there? So it's fairly safe to say he's going to be joining as a starter. And so he is the sort of player that means that the players around him will no doubt elevate, like they'll be made better. So he is selfless. So I, I mentioned earlier about the Mandzukic-Lewandowski thing. He's the sort of player that will allow for players like Sane, like Nabri, like Musiala, Koman, um, even like somebody like Matis Tell as well. I, I think there's like a big there's a big discussion around him, um, but it, it's going to allow players like him to get into the right spaces and for them to have the glory. So I was talking about Mandzukic and Lewandowski. Kane's kind of a player who you can have that Lewandowski approach of he's the focal point, everything goes through him and finishes with him. My hope is that the Kane that we're going to see is the one that he was under someone like Jose Mourinho, where he is there to score, but he's also there to facilitate the players around him. So dropping deep and like passing from that number 10 position or even further back at times he was playing, well, he was taking up positions as like a number six. So it's it's going to be really great to see a player who is just there to win rather than he's there to like further his own career. I don't doubt for a moment that a big part of the reason the Harry Kane's going to Bayern is because it is almost like, you know, it's almost like being born on third base for trophies. Like he wants to win trophies. Bayern is the best place to get like almost a guarantee every single season. But I do think that in terms of the player that he's going to be and what he's going to offer the players around him, it's going to be a very mutually beneficial transfer for for everyone. The one person that there is a question mark over, though, is Thomas Muller. If one of Harry Kane's best assets is his playmaking ability and it's his tendency to drop deep into space and open up opportunities for his teammates, what becomes of Thomas Muller in this team? So I've, I've seen a number of reports over the past, like, two, well, I guess past season, but also past two or three seasons of, you know, how long does Thomas Muller have left at Bayern? Like, what's going to be his, what's going to be his future? Is it a short term? Is it a long term thing? Is his time at Bayern starting to wind down? And on top of that, we've seen before that whether Muller's in the team or not can often dictate a manager's future. I don't know whether it's just a case of Thomas Tuchel didn't really have much time with the team and didn't really know how best to utilise Thomas Muller in that like quite hectic moment towards the end of the season. But he wasn't a regular. Maybe he will be. There's every possibility that he will be. But I think it's going to be interesting to see how Tuchel manages both Harry Kane as a facilitator for goals, but also Thomas Muller as a facilitator for goals. So Muller's always been able to adapt to whoever it is that he plays with, if it's Mario Gomez, if it's Olic, Mandzukic, Lewandowski, Closer. It's 
everyone that he's played with, he's managed to work with. Even when he was playing with people that had that had been brought in more or less to take on that role of somebody like James Rodriguez, Felipe Coutinho, even Jamal Musiala, both of them work really well together through the middle. Like it is interesting to to wonder. It's also quite sad to wonder what is his future because he's thirty four next month, and I know that this doesn't necessarily work the same way that it does in a video game where once you're past 30 that's it you might as well be like shipped out to to somewhere else but he isn't getting younger and Jamal Musiala is getting better I think long term Jamal Musiala's position probably isn't through the middle but maybe off to the off of the left but you know he's still he's still only 20 years old so there's all the time in the world for him to to develop but I do wonder how long can Muller keep going and how long can he keep adapting his game so there is like a very good chance that in the coming years like in either the next season or even the season after that we might see a Bayern Munich that has Harry Kane in it but doesn't have Thomas Muller and I think if you were to go back like four five years the idea of that being a possibility is so alien to, to anyone. It's, it is unbelievable, but frustratingly, it is starting to potentially become a reality. I've, I've spoken about, uh, like, an, um, the old podcast on the Superline podcast, they did a whole episode about, like, what is Thomas Muller to Bayern? And, like, is he actually now more of a hindrance? Like, what does his future hold? Like, how do you replace him? Do you even replace him with a like-for-like? Do you instead adopt an entirely new system? Um... I'll try. I'll try and find the link to that and maybe post it in the in the notes for for this episode. It's a conversation that needs to start happening, um, and you know the first game of the season, as of recording this, is in a few hours. So I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully we get a, a decent answer sometime soon. The third question that I want to take a look at is what does this transfer mean for Bayern as a whole? Not just on the attack and not just in terms of like the finances. Like what does it mean? for Bayern's squad. So last season, there were two main areas of weakness. There was no pure goal-scoring threat and there was no defensive midfielder. So this season, we have that goal-scoring threat and there are still two areas of weakness. So there is the goal-scorer, but there are now a lot of worries around Manuel Neuer making a comeback or when he's going to be available or if he's going to be able to make a comeback at all. So the the Neuer situation genuinely does make me very sad because it's it's become very, very obvious that his time as a player is coming to an end. And sadly, this is something that Bayern need to address sooner rather than later. So I I don't know if that's going to be this coming season, if it's going to be in, in January, if it's going to be at the start of next season, but it is a pressing matter. And... There's, there's not going to be an easy way of replacing Neuer. I don't think that you can just have someone that can kind of do a job. I think you need somebody that is going to be that like that good. How you can find a player, uh, any goalkeeper that is that good that can do what he does, I don't think it's I don't think it's unfair to say Manuel Neuer is the greatest goalkeeper of all time. I think people are always going to say like, oh, what about Lev Yashin? No one remembers him. Like, that is from such a long time ago that I think in the modern generation, Neuer is the best goalkeeper, certainly of the past, like, 30, maybe 40 years. It's um, 
it's very difficult to replace somebody like him and it just it raises so many other questions because it isn't just a case of okay he's out let's get this guy in like let's get Diogo Costa from uh, from Porto in and, and that will fix that will fix everything I do think that by need a top quality goalkeeper but it's a, it's a very difficult situation so my belief at the start of this whole at the start of this whole transfer window probably even the start of the year was that Bayern need to make a sizable investment in either the striker role or the defensive midfield role. So you don't necessarily need two world-class players in these positions. So if you concede a lot, you need to make up the difference at the top. And if you don't score a lot, you need to make up the difference in the middle because you need to be sure that you are scoring enough. So now Bayern have their world-class striker there's still this ongoing belief that Bayern need a defensive midfielder. And I completely agree with that. I think Thomas Tuchel has been pushing for a defensive midfielder. I know I mentioned last time about how Conrad Leimer is someone that can do that and how you know conversations around footballers and positions are kind of moving away from this is a defensive midfielder, this is a left winger. That like Players are now so much more than that and there's a lot more nuance to it. But Thomas Tuchel does want a purely defensive midfielder. I think one of the names that has been that have been thrown around is Chuameni, who's at Real Madrid. Really great player. Don't really know what his future is at Real Madrid, but I think it is safe to say that getting him out of Madrid is going to be quite expensive. Um, so that's that's one issue there. It, it's a solution, but it's going to be very expensive. I think Mats Vifa from Feyenoord is an option that could be significantly less costly potentially even better like there's every chance that he is a better fit for Bayern than Chiumeni but all of this all of this conversation this whole thing the idea of Bayern need to get this particular player or a player of this profile it's made so much more complicated when you have to factor in that Bayern will also need to get a world-class goalkeeper too and that market does not look good Especially now that someone like Thibaut Courtois has like, I think he's, is he broken or, or torn his ACL? I, I don't know what you can do to it. So I guess I'll just use the very vague term. He's done his ACL. And so he's going to be out for a very long time. And so Real Madrid are going to be looking to pounce on that. I think the belief is that they're going to be getting Kepper from Chelsea, who was linked with Bayern. I can't say I'm unhappy about him going to Real Madrid. I don't know what that means for Bayern, though. Like, I like Sven Ulreich. I think Sven Ulreich is a lot better than people give him credit for. I think he's shown time and time again that he is capable of having those kind of Neuer-esque moments. But in terms of, like, a long-term future, Neuer and Ulreich aren't the guys to take Bayern forward. So they need to start looking elsewhere. I think, I want to say his name's Marmadashvili at Valencia. I don't know anything about him other than he's huge so that's a positive but as a whole the Harry Kane transfer ticks a box for Bayern like quite confidently ticks a box there but there are so many other problems that Bayern need to address the good thing about this whole thing is that Kane has actually played in goal before he had five minutes against Asteras in the Europa League in 2014 he did concede with his first uh with his first action um so maybe he's not the solution, but I don't know. I guess if you're going to be paying that much for for someone and they're not versatile, then I don't know. Let's see what happens. I, I don't think 
I can't see it happening, but it's nice to know that it's an option for the future. But that's the squad. That's the squad at the moment. I don't know like what else is going to be going on. I think Bayern are probably going to be looking to buy a goalkeeper at some point or failing that, get a loan in and then waiting until January to see where, where Neuer is there. But there is still a lot of time. There's a, We've got all the time in the world here, but also that is running out. So maybe it would be good to see that get fixed sooner or later. But that's it. That's today's episode. I say today's episode like I'm doing this every single day. I don't know what the cadence of these uh, these podcasts is going to be. So I, I want to do them quite regularly. But the whole thing with Kane and then the issues around like Mane potentially leaving. He's, he has gone. So bye. I do actually want to do an episode about Mane because i got opinions. But I've, I've wanted to record something quite a lot like that I've not just been sat doing one episode and thought yeah that'll do I can retire on that like I want to do more obviously um but it's it is finding the right moment to talk about something because as soon as I think as we all saw with the cane transfer as soon as one thing got announced another thing got announced that made the other thing irrelevant or inaccurate um so yeah I I, I want to do more of these um I think I've had some really nice feedback and and great support from everybody so hopefully we can we can keep going um but until next time i don't know when that will be uh thank you for listening and i will see you all later